0: 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5 for this reason make every effort to add to your faith excellence to excellence knowledge last week we started looking at a list of virtues that Peter's laying out for us these are virtues that we are to be pursuing in a costly cooperation with holy spirit adding these to our spiritual diet and supplementing the gift of faith that we have been given by God through Jesus our Lord. Now the first course served was excellence. Course number two is knowledge. Once again, the table is set, and by now I hope you can smell what the rock's been cooking. Now, oh, welcome to week six of lessons from the rock apostle himself, Simon Peter. You're listening to the Reman Initiative. This is a short form podcast dedicated to calling men back into the kingdom of God. My name is Joe Bailey. I'm your host. I'm a former prodigal son who has experienced a radical transformation in my life by stepping into a real conversational walk with Jesus, and I'm here to help you do the same. Welcome to the Reman Initiative. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. In week six of Smell What the Rock's Been Cooking Lessons with the rock apostle himself, Simon Peter. Look, I do want to take a quick minute to acknowledge my female listeners today. I started this podcast with a heart for men that were struggling to learn how to do life with Jesus. And I understand these guys because, well, I was that guy for a long time. Lately, however, I've been getting feedback from some sisters who are enjoying the content and the show, and I just wanted to acknowledge them and say, Ladies, thank you. Your prayers and your support mean a great deal to me. Jesus knew and understood the power and the importance of having strong women around him and his ministry, and as a man who strives to model his life on Jesus, I know the importance of this as well. So, welcome to all you amazing daughters of God and much-loved sisters. I am extremely glad you're here. Thank you for listening. Okay, let's pull up to the table, and let's see what the apostle is serving up for us today. Peter tells us in verse 5 that we're to add knowledge to excellence. Now, in verse 2, he mentions epigenosis the rich knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you remember, the prefix epi means on top or over and above, like epidermis is your skin. In verse 5, however, the word is gnosis, which is the word for common knowledge, which was always a hot topic on the lips of the Stoics and some of the false teachers that Peter likes to take literary jabs at in his letters. The supplement Peter is suggesting we add to excellence is knowledge. But what kind of knowledge is this? Now, most scholars agree that the use of gnosis here usually denotes practical wisdom, or what we might call in my part of the country, common sense. A daily wisdom and understanding that gives one who possesses such knowledge the ability to accurately distinguish between good and evil, or right and wrong. Now, you might think that those distinctions would be obvious, but their society had its share of deep corruption, just like ours. And the cultural norms of the day worked to take acts that would be considered immoral or destructive or degrading and change them into something that was celebrated. Not unlike our society today, where we see a constant desensitizing of our hearts and our minds to evil. I mean, things that 50 years ago, would have been clearly seen as immoral or evil, today are celebrated under the banner of inclusiveness or the diversity of thought. Common sense around good and evil is a line that in my short time here on this planet, I have watched get significantly blurred. Peter is a Jew who is addressing both Jews and Gentiles. By the way, if you don't know what a Gentile is, it basically means anybody that's not Jewish. So both the Jews and the Gentiles of Peter's day were for the most part Hellenized, which means that they were influenced by the culture of Rome. As a Jew, Peter's concept of knowledge would have been different than that of the Hellenized Greeks. For a Jew... Knowledge was rooted and grounded in experience. That is, knowledge was viewed as a relational understanding of the present based on an experiential understanding of the past. It's kind of like that farmer's insurance commercial. We know a thing or two because we have seen a thing or two. That's experiential knowledge. Passages like Proverbs seven or Proverbs 9.10 coupled with a Three-year life-on-life experience of learning from our Lord Jesus firsthand. Those are at the root. They would be foundational in Peter's concept of knowledge. Proverbs 1.7 reads, Fearing the Lord is the beginning of moral knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10, The beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord and acknowledge in the Holy One. Well, that's understanding. So for Peter, knowledge isn't theory. It's rooted in a real relationship with God's Word made flesh, Jesus himself, and through Christ, a relationship with the Father and Holy Spirit. Now Greeks, on the other hand, they viewed knowledge as being rooted in something else. They they viewed it as being rooted in human reasoning and philosophy. Now I'm going to grant you that the knowledge and the wisdom that the Greek philosophers and the Stoics held up has appeal to the human heart and mind. Those philosophers would teach things like, choose not to be harmed, and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. Or, be tolerant with others, but be strict with yourself. This would be the teaching of Marcus Aurelius. Or how about, we are more often frightened than hurt. And we suffer more in imagination than in reality. Or, I judge you unfortunate because you have never lived through misfortune. You have passed through life without an opponent. No one can ever know what you're capable of, not even you. That would be the teaching of Seneca. Or how about this? The chief task in life is simply this. To identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself, Which are externals, not under my control, and which have to do with the choices I actually control. Where then do I look for good and evil? Not to the uncontrollable externals, but within myself to the choices that are on my own. That would be the teaching of Epictetus. There is common wisdom in these teachings, and you can see how this would appeal to the human heart. It feeds the need for moral understanding and practical advice that one could choose to allow to influence his thinking. You will find truth in the sayings of those who don't preach Christ. But it is a truth that does not acknowledge God. It's truth that fails to acknowledge the hopeless condition of the human heart, apart from the regenerate work of the Holy Spirit. It's grossly incomplete and partial knowledge that cannot ever produce real life. You know that every great lie has a thread of truth in it. And a partial truth, well, that is still a whole lie. Sadly, I have watched as men build their lives on lies like this every day. And I often look like this religious idiot who has bought into some sort of fairy tale about a risen king. Often knowledge like that shared by Stoics, and even the religious knowledge of Scripture and God, tends to carry with it a destructive power. In 1 Corinthians 8, verses 1-3, through 3, the Apostle Paul teaches this. He says, Now we know that we all have knowledge. He said, But knowledge puffs up. But... Love, it builds up. If anyone thinks he knows anything, he does not yet know it as he ought to know it. But if anyone loves God, he is known by Him. I like what Leon Morris said in his commentary in First Corinthians on this. He says, Paul agrees. Knowledge is important, and he associates himself with his readers in its exercise. The use of the word all may be a gentle reminder that the knowledge on which the Corinthians prided themselves was by no means unusual, but the common possession of Christians everywhere. But love is more important because it builds up. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge is so often accompanied by pride, which is the very antithesis of the genuine Christian spirit. Again, that was Leon Morris from his commentary on 1 Corinthians. I actually love how Paul draws attention to the fact that any knowledge that the Corinthians were proud of was partial and incomplete at best, so why in the world would they be puffing out their chest like they have some sort of special insight? That sort of attitude around knowledge was to be avoided at all costs as far as the apostles were concerned. Because it doesn't build others up. It's not enough to just strip a man of his false understanding of things with some resemblance of superior knowledge. It's really about the heart that the knowledge is being shared in. I have groups of men that I meet with regularly where I coach and mentor these men. And I tell them often that the environment they're entering into is not a safe space. It is a place of honor and respect, but this is not a safe space. It's a place where iron sharpens iron, and in that environment, sparks must fly. Friction must be applied. You cannot take a dull weapon and sharpen it to a keen edge unless spark and friction are a part of that process. The difference is, is the friction designed to produce a keen edge Or is it simply abrasiveness for the sake of being abrasive? Simple abrasiveness destroys an edge quickly. Sharpening is a more intentional and focused process. Knowledge shared in love, that sharpens and equips. It builds up and it strengthens. Knowledge shared to feed the ego of the sharer or to build an audience That'll always tear down. I like what the theologian W.K. said about this. He said, knowledge is proud that it knows so much. Wisdom is humbled that it knows no more. The knowledge that Peter wants us to pursue is rooted and it grounded in a real loving relationship with Jesus. It's founded in the truth that we know God and that God knows us. Go read Galatians 4 9. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 and 2, this is the famous love chapter that the Apostle Paul wrote. He says, If I speak human or angelic tongues, but I do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. (laughs) Knowledge dispensed in the absence of love, being obnoxious to the hearer and worthless. Lord Jesus, please help me learn this lesson. The Apostle Peter, using a common word for common knowledge, draws his reader's attention to the fact that true knowledge, which should be a part of our everyday lives and experiences, that's rooted and grounded in the rich knowledge of the person of Jesus. If you want knowledge that's going to supplement your faith, it cannot be sourced from any other place other than from the author of all knowledge and wisdom. For years, I suffered from a knowledge that puffs up and made me arrogant. I mean, I've got a degree in theology. I've been a Bible nerd for decades. But if I'm being completely honest, I had no idea that in the 21st century, a man could have a true conversational walk with Jesus. And by conversational, I mean a real interactive life-on-life relationship with the risen Savior. To me, Jesus was in the heavens a million miles away. Intellectually, I understood the person and the presence of Holy Spirit, but the concept of Holy Spirit being closer than a brother, being right by my side every single day was a concept I had yet to grasp, much less enjoy. I'd never once been taught that this sort of relationship was even possible, that it was something a man could pursue or how a man would pursue it if it were possible. It was the work that Christ did through my dear brother John Eldridge that opened my eyes to the possibility I began a process of seeking Jesus with my whole heart in prayer each day. I used a template that John had included in his book, Wild at Heart, for a daily prayer to guide me in that process. Eventually, I tailored that daily prayer into something that is very personal between me and Jesus, and I still use it as a part of my pursuit of my King today. Knowledge that changes and transforms a man isn't found apart from the knowledge of Jesus himself. When we can say that we know him, that we know him like we know our best friend, when we can sense his heart without a word even being spoken, when we don't have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Because we know the man well enough that the answer to that question is apparent. That's when we've begun to walk in the sort of knowledge that Peter is inviting us into. Peter truly knew Jesus. And what I didn't know for so long in my Christian walk was that I could know Jesus much in the same way that Peter did. No, I, I I haven't walked physically by his side. I haven't sitting down to a meal with him. But I have had my life completely transformed by him. And he is consistently speaking to me and working in my heart. I know Jesus. And once you know Jesus like this, you can never go back to who you were before. Maybe like me, you have no concept of this level of relationship with Jesus. Faith for you has just been about going to church, paying your tithes, maybe helping with Sunday school or vacation Bible school. But having a conversational, real friendship with Jesus Well, that just wasn't on the menu that you got handed. I'm here to bear witness to the truth. This sort of relationship is real. And you can have it if you're ready to pursue it with your whole heart. In the show notes and in the transcript, I'll place a link to John Eldridge's daily prayer. It was a great launchpad for me. And I'm going to challenge you to take 30 days to pray through this prayer every day. Use it as a first step in pursuing a real conversational relationship with Jesus as a practical way to pursue the sort of knowledge that builds up. When you are built up in Christ, all the world changes around you because how you interact with that world, well, that changes. So take the challenge, be intentional, and pursue Christ this week. Until next week, may the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless. You've been listening to the Reman Initiative. For more information, you can check us out on the web at www.experiencereman.com. There's a contact page there. If you want to, drop me a note. Let me know how you like the show. You'll also find a link to the podcast website where there are transcripts available for every episode. So if you're interested in looking at the scripture references or just reviewing some of the stuff that we've put out here, it's all there for you. I hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening. Hey, remember, if you like it, drop us a five-star review. We appreciate it. God bless.